Let's turn in our Bibles to the longest psalm in Scripture that deals with the Word of God. Psalm 119. And turn to section called Gimel, which is verses 17 through 24. I'd like us to look here at the experience of the sincere child of God that is on fire for the Lord. Throughout Psalm 119, we have different aspects of our experience. This is one, the child of God that's really desiring to serve the Lord with all his heart and striving to that end. Psalm 119, starting at verse 17. Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgment, judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Amen. 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 Verse 17, deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. David asks for blessing, bountiful blessing, that he can live so he can keep God's law. Brethren, as you look in Scripture, we know that we live and move and have our being in God from Acts 17. The eyes of all wait upon him, and he gives them their food in due season, right? From him, we're told to pray that he would give us our daily bread. He satisfies us with good things, Psalm 103 tells us. He fills the longing, hungry soul with goodness, Psalm 107. But let's go beyond carnal things and think about God's word. What is the impact in his life? Job said that he esteemed God's words more important than his survival food. Moses considered God's law for the nation to be more, to be their life and the source of all their blessing in Deuteronomy 32. What does Solomon tell us is man's duty? Why do we live? To fear God and keep his commandments. That's our whole duty. You see, man's life is wrapped up in God and in God's word and his law for us. The revelation of God to us is part of his bountiful dealings with us. Because this book is not written for the world. It's written for his people. Verse 18. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. David asked for understanding of the glory that's in God's law. Remember, part of God's bountiful dealing with us, we see in in Proverbs chapter 20. The seeing eye and the hearing ear. Where does that come from? That comes from the Lord. What wondrous things is David looking for, though? There's many wondrous things out in the world. He's focusing on God's word, on his law. The perfections of God's law. We saw, what was it, just about two weeks ago in Psalm 119, in verse 96, that the perfections of God's law are exceeding broad, aren't they? 
And brethren, think about it from this standpoint. Consider how little of Scripture did David have. David didn't have much. How much more should we prize this and we treasure this since we have the completed revelation of God for us? Verse 19, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. David declares that he's a stranger and needs Scripture open to him because of that. Don't all the great heroes of the faith over in Hebrews chapter 11 have the same testimony that they were strangers and pilgrims in the world? This world and its entertainments, we should count as strange and foreign to us, brethren. Peter, over in 1 Peter chapter 2, he calls believers not only to be strangers and pilgrims, but for what purpose? Because we've got a warfare to fight against the lusts that rise up in our own hearts. This is why the psalmist asked God's law not be hidden from him, but that it be revealed to him. As Brother Rollin mentioned this morning in our prayer before we started, Psalm 119.105 shows us that God's law is the lamp for our feet. It's the light for the pathway of the pilgrim as he's traveling home in this world. Verse 20, My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. This is speaking of David's desire for holiness. As I said, this is a section of this psalm that's talking about the sincere child of God that's on fire, that wants to do God's will. Why did David, why would you have a broken heart because of God's law? Well, one is when you look at the world and you see others that abandon it, that that ridicule it, that will not follow it. More so, what about when you look at your own life and you see yourself departing? You're not walking in what God wants you to do. Look at the intensity of David's desire here. My soul breaketh. His soul was at the breaking point because of his desire. What was his desire? What was the nature of that desire? God's law. God's word was what he wanted. And look at the consistency that he had in his life. How much was this in his life? At all times. Oh, brethren, we see here a ruler that we can measure our state before the Lord against. The intensity of our desire for his word. How well do we mirror David's desire in our lives? Verse 21. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Brethren, scripture is personal. God gives us specific illustrations of his dealing in different men's lives for us to learn from. When you think about pride... When you think about a haughty individual, what comes to mind? Pharaoh. So much of the Old Testament and so much of the New Testament, our brother Paul, points to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, through him the Lord displayed two men. His judgment and his righteous sovereignty over wicked men. Isn't that what we see? But brethren, any time we err from God's commandments... See, the proud err from God's commandments. We need to examine ourselves. Are we stiff-necked and rebellious like Pharaoh? We should be out looking for that same judgment. And that should turn us away from that. It's the meek. It's the humble and lowly in spirit that are blessed. Psalm 37 tells us that as well as our Lord quoting that 
in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. It's the meek that are guided in judgment and taught the Lord's ways, Psalm 25. The Lord lifts up the meek just as he cast down the wicked. In verse in Psalm 147, verse 22, Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Look at the tender, righteous heart that David had. It was grieved because he had a bad reputation among men. You know, Solomon captured this same feeling of David's heart, both in the Proverbs and in Ecclesiastes, when he talked about the importance of a good name. How it's above riches. By keeping God's law, we can have, if not a good name, a good reputation before God and men. Consider Paul's testimony. Think about his life. He could testify in Acts before the Jews that he had a good conscience in the way he lived his life. Over in Timothy, twice at least, he exhorted Timothy to have a good conscience in the things that he did. When we trust in the Lord and we're walking in his ways, he'll clear our name before men. But let's make sure that we are doing that part of walking in a good, clear conscience so that he will do that for us. Verse 23, princes also did speak, did sit, excuse me, and speak against me. But thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Rather than trust in wise or great men, we should trust in the Lord and in his word, which he's given us. Through careful thought and reflection, we should be guided each day in all of our activities by what God's word says. Didn't we hear just a couple of weeks back from Psalm 119 in verses 97 through 100 that by heeding God's word, we're wiser than what? And we have more understanding than our enemies, than our teachers, and the ancients themselves. The the men known for renown in the past, we can excel them all if God's word is our meditation. If God's word is the focus and center of our life. Brethren, we serve a great master. We shouldn't be concerned with anything else but serving him. So what if princes stand against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? He was opposed by the princes of this world. Psalm 2 tells us that. And in his kindness, he told us through his disciples in John 15, that we should expect from the world the same treatment that he got. So, don't worry about what other men say about you. Be more concerned about serving the Lord and what he has to say about you. Finally, verse 24, Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Notice, the also there, Thy testimonies also, David was talking about meditating on them in the previous verse. We're going beyond that. What is their effect in our lives? They should be our delight. They should be the source we turn to for counsel and advice in life. David considered them in Psalm 19, one of the psalms we love to sing, verse 10, more desirable than fine gold, refined gold. It's more valuable. It's sweeter. And more tasty than the honeycomb. That was the sweetest thing that David had in his generation. Keeping them. Verse 11 of that same psalm, David said, there's what? Great reward. That's what we need to look at, brethren. That's what we need to consider God's word. 
Here's another rule to gauge our spirituality. How much do I delight in God's word? How well do I follow the counsel that I see contained in God's word? Brethren, we can best show our love and devotion to the Lord when we delight in and follow him in his word. After all, he said in Psalm 138 that he magnified his word above all his name. May this psalm, brethren, encourage us and challenge us to walk as David did, to be a man after his own heart, to delight in the Lord and to follow his word with all of our heart.